We're in a series entitled Winning Your Battles, and today I want to speak on the topic, the battlefield of the mind. The battlefield of the mind. Several weeks ago, I was in Scotland preaching there, and I had a day off, and so I took my son to one of the most famous sites in Scotland, and it's Edinburgh Castle. We have a picture of it here. It's a beautiful place. It's the most known site in all of Scotland, and as I'm sitting down on Princess Street looking up at it, it's very impressive because it's built on an archaeological site called Castle Rock. It's a former volcano, and it's on the plug of that volcano. It's almost a 90 degree angle up to it. And so when we went on the tour and they gave us our earphones, you know, and, and you start by walking through the door and on one side is a statue of Robert the Bruce and on the other is William Wallace. So you just get into the history there. But the amazing thing is that you hear that this castle that looks impenetrable, massive stones, all these windows have these huge cannons. In fact, they have one cannon, which was the largest in antiquity. It shot a 400-pound cannonball. You think there was no way to overtake this building. But this building is a stronghold. And a stronghold is, let me just give you the definition real quick. A stronghold is defined as a place that's been fortified to protect against attack. Like the whole point of this building is to protect against attack. But there's a second definition of stronghold. It says a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. I'm looking at this building going, how on earth could this ever be overtaken? But then you start learning of the history. And at the time of Mary of Scots, the English came and raided this, this fortress and they wouldn't quit. It was called the Long Siege. And through perseverance, after two years they finally took over, and they destroyed the tower. And I just thought, you know, that is so relevant. It's such the case of our minds. As the Bible talks about these things that in our minds, the way the enemy wages war against us is a thing called a stronghold. Let me read to you this passage, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They have divine power to demolish, say demolish, demolish. to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Let me just tell you that though the enemy sets up strongholds in our mind through the power of Jesus, if you will persevere in the fight, there is no stronghold that can stand against you. Just like that mighty fortress eventually fell as people were determined day after day, month after month, year after year to continue to lay siege you can overcome the strongholds that the enemy has set up in your mind. You can have freedom. So what is a stronghold in spiritual warfare? Well, the Bible shows it very clearly in these verses. It's an argument or a pretension or a thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What do I mean? We unpacked this last week. In the book of Genesis, the serpent comes in. And is tempting Adam and Eve. And the way he does it is through these arguments that are setting themselves up against the knowledge of God. He asks this question, did God really say this? He's basically saying, is God really good? Does he really want the best for you? 
And the second argument he sets up is against your own character and your own person. Let me unpack some strongholds to make you a little more familiar with them today. One of the most common strongholds is a stronghold of fear. So if you're continually having these thoughts like, am I going to get hurt? Am I going to be in an accident? Am I going to get sick? Is something going to happen to me and I'm going to die? And, and you're constantly afraid of the worst situation happening. Or maybe you have a real fear uh, of the dark or of airplanes or of, of different phobias. That is probably a stronghold of fear. Here's another common stronghold. A stronghold of lust. So many people dealing with a stronghold of lust. What is this? It's your mind just all of a sudden seems out of control and it's thinking lustful thoughts or, or you're having images come to mind or you're, you, things are very drawing to you sexually all the time or you, you find yourself drawn to sexually explicit material and, and you just can't seem to control your mind. That's a stronghold of lust. Another one, very common, a stronghold of anger. Just going about your day and then all of a sudden you just find that there's just rage and your heart, and, and maybe your tongue just lashes out, and you're like, I didn't want to say that, but it's just like something came over me, and I just vented, and I just went off on that person. That could be a, a stronghold of anger. We have all kinds of strongholds. What I find is that all of us have to battle strongholds. One of the most common is stronghold of insecurity, right? You're, you're walking around, and you're just hearing this repeating, nagging voice. You're not good enough. You, you don't look good enough. You don't measure up. You're not adequate. These strongholds of insecurities. The great news is that the Bible says God equips us with weapons, with divine power to demolish strongholds. So many of us just think, well, that's just me, or that's just being human, or, or, or we're drawn to things, and we think, well, that's just a normal day in the life. No, that's actually a stronghold that the enemy wants to destroy you with, but God is saying, I'm giving you power to overcome. Yes. So let me unpack some, some different weapons that, that, that God has given us. He's given us these, these weapons. Phil, can you come here for a second? Yeah. He's like, what in the world? I know, I don't, I don't warn anyone, and then I just call someone out. This is one of our, like, uh, manly men military guys. No, come on up here. No, we, we want to fully see you. Okay, so um, I only do this to, to, to very godly people uh, because I'm going to have you play Satan for a second. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the Bible says you, Satan would never do that. Uh, see, so you can tell, like, um, the Bible says the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So can you give me your best, like, lion? Uh, okay, do it again. <laughs> yeah, see. Okay, and do that one more time and keep, it, keep your arms up. Look, look at these biceps, guys. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think he's got, I, I think he'd probably take me, right? And so he, here's the deal. We're, we're just walking around minding our own business, enemy. And, and the, the best... The, the best thing for, to happen to the enemy is if we don't even believe there's an enemy. Because all of a sudden, he's just going to jump on me, right? Ah! Right? Okay. But we're not left alone like a little tiny antelope with the big lion, the devil. Right? The Bible says that he's given us weapons. Okay, so get your, I mean, get amp. Bro, that's too sweet, okay? You've been in this church for too long, bro. Okay. All right, here we go. But the, the Lord gives us weapons. Okay, now run at me. Okay? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> you know, here, here's the thing. We have the choice as believers, and so many of us, we have the choice to take up the sword of the Spirit, but instead we just, we just leave it and just say, you know, I'm just going to kind of live my life. But you come against a real enemy. Let me tell you, which way am I going to do it better? Am I going to be able to fight better like this, just kind of walking around, living like this, or like this with this sword, right? Pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pick it up. And, and look at the sword. Like he's backing up, like uh, unintentionally. He's like, yeah, he's backing up. <laughs> now watch. And the sword of the Spirit, the, here's the thing about a sword. You don't just have one way of using the sword, right? The, ah, the poke, right? I'm, is that what they call it, swordsman? No, the po- I don't think it's the poke. I think it's, it's like the jab or something. And then, look at this. We also have the chop. <laughs> And then, technical term, the slice, right? You see, we have all these ways of wielding the the sword of the Spirit. Let's give this guy a hand. Let me just tell you, men and women of God, this, this is your weapon to fight with. This is your weapon. And so let's just start with this. I'm going to give you three different uses of this weapon. Because the, the, the warfare we have is a stronghold, and we're going to tear it down. We're going to tear it down using the Word of God. The first one comes from John 8, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will know the truth. When you abide in the word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The first way we use the word is knowing the word. Knowing the word, when you know the truth, it sets you free. That's why we're daily in the word of God. When you start studying about how the federal agents discern when a, a, a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill or different different uh, bills are counterfeit, what they do is not go and study a bunch of counterfeit bills, but they actually are taught to be very familiar with the real thing. They want to know the real thing. There's this phrase, it's touch, tilt, look at, look through. So let me explain it in terms of the Bible. When you are in the Word of God daily, when you're in the Word of God daily, you know what the truth feels like. Right? Oh, it's really hard to create a counterfeit bill to feel like a dollar feels. That's the same with the Word of God. You're in the Word of God, and all of a sudden, a lie comes at you, and you're like, that doesn't feel right. I know what this feels like. No, that, that, what's going on right now, that does not feel like the truth. I know what the truth feels like, right? Another thing they do is they say, hey, hold it up to the light and look through it. And oh, all of a sudden you see a seal embedded in the dollar bill. Let me just tell you, when you're in the Word of God every day, you can see through situations. You can see through the enemy's schemes. All of a sudden you're looking through it and say, no, no, I know that's a lie. Or I know what the enemy's doing. I know this trick. Oh, it's in this book. This is, this is a temptation that happened to this person. I'm not going down that road. You get in the Word of God every day, and it's like preventative supplements that you take. When I was a kid, 
I had all kinds of health issues, really horrible allergies, always had sinus infections. I actually went to my dad when I was about four and said, Dad, is it normal to have a sore throat every day of your life? Broke my dad's heart. And so what he did is he started to get into not just medicine to give a person when they were sick, but he said, I've got to build up my son's immune system. Can I tell you that by getting in the Word of God, you build your immunity towards the attack of the enemy? We don't just read the Bible because it, it, it's a good idea. No, you read the Bible and the Word of God actually builds you up. It builds your immunity. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that's why we so encourage you every single day, be in the Word of God and you will live a healthier whole life. Now the second one is this. We call this washing through the Word. This comes from the book of Ephesians in chapter 5 says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. Say washing. washing. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is the experience I had as a young man. I, I started trying to follow God in my late teenage years, and I just realized, man, I have so much junk in my mind. I'd been exposed to so many Gross things, so many dark things, images. I'd just be going about my normal day, and boom, an image that I'd seen in the past that was just fried on the hard drive of my mind would just pop into my head. Or some explicit lyrics from the music I used to listen to, they'd just be going through my head. Or I'd start having this very, uh, this very uh, thought pattern that was very sensual, and it would just start taking over. And I realized it's like my mind was dirty. It's like my, my, my mind needed cleansing. Have you seen one of these before? Oh yeah. This is not a genie's lamp. This is a neti pot. First time my mother-in-law told me about it, I was like, that is disgusting. I'll tell you, this will change your life. This lights me up right here. Right, so here's what, okay, so, so here's what happened. Um, I was dealing with sinus infections, and I went to, to my doctor, and the, I met with a physician's assistant, and she said, you know, you won't get infected if you just keep the mucus flowing. Keep it flowing, folks. And, and so she said, you just need to walk, you need to continually be washing out that mucus and, and just cleansing it out. And so I learned about a neti pot where you put a little saline solution, you get some distilled water that's warm, and, and when you pour it, right, there's just a stream of water, and you do this. You put it on one nostril, and you just turn your head, and all of a sudden it goes up through your head, water's just rushing through your head, and then whoosh, out the other nostril. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> but you know what happens? It cleans out your head. It cleans out the mucus so it can't get stuck there. So it can't get infected. Selah. Think about that. You need to wash your mind. You need to wash out your brain. You need to, And so what I did as a young man is I realized when I'm just sitting here normally... Thoughts and images and bad things will pop into my head, but two things can't occupy the same space. So all of a sudden I said, you know, I'm just going to take in the Word of God all the time, and it's going to push that stuff right out. So I actually went and bought, back then they didn't have the Bible app on your phone. I want to encourage you, please, 
please, everyone, download the Bible app on your phone, right? It is amazing, and you can just push, play, and listen to the Bible playing. Back then, I had to buy it. It was a big binder of CDs, and I'd just pop them into my car as I drove. I walked around with a Walkman. Anybody remember Walkmans, right? That was so cool. You had a big disc player on your, on your hip, you know? And I, I actually, and I'd buy tapes. I'd buy sermon tapes. Anybody remember tapes, Right? Right, I, 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 and I had to buy them. I had to spend all this money buying sermons, so I just constantly have the Word of God going through my mind. Why? Because I was just force washing my mind. I was getting good stuff in to just push the bad stuff out. Right, guys. When you're struggling in your mind, just remember this. You just, you just need. Please don't post this, but yeah, you just need to wash your mind. Wash the junk out. When you're driving in your car, when you're walking to class, when you're in your house, when you're going to bed, some of you are traumatized by bad dreams. I want to encourage you, play the Word of God as you're going to bed. Put your little ear pods in and play the Word of God. Let it wash over your mind and see if it doesn't start transforming your thoughts. All right, here's the next one. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Say renewing. renewing. The renewing of your mind. Do you know that your mind can be renewed? Some of us feel like slaves to our mind. We don't like our mind. We think, oh, my mind, it's out of control. Can I tell you that God wants to renew your mind? Like one of the great gifts he gives us is the renewing of our mind. So here's the thing. I, I can't, I mean, I guess I could, but I, I don't bring one of these to work, you know, and I'm in my meetings and I'm feeling a little stuffy. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second, Jeff. And I'm just looking at talking to him out at a lunch appointment. Hey, just a second. Oh, I just, just going into my soup. And No, but I, I do. I do have this. This is like a little shot. Right? And, and, and when, I'm, when I'm stuffy kind of in the middle of the day, I have this in my bag. And it just shoots up a, 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 a little squirt of saline to help me. Let me tell you what I, I do to renew my mind. Where is my little somewhere around here? Ah, here it is. This is my, my little shot of saline to renew my mind. I write verses on note cards. Why? Because when you memorize the scripture, it actually becomes a part of you. Like the word of God becomes a part of your mind, even physically. Like the way your brain works, it's creating new parts of your brain when you memorize scripture. So I'll take scripture, so I'll take a scripture that directly combats the attack that the enemy is bringing on me. So if it's anxiety, like I'll bring Philippians 2. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, submit your request to God. The peace that transcends all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I'll pull that out, and I'll, I'll just work on memorizing, and I'll speak it out. I'm using the Word of God. Another thing, I, little word I use to, to call these are my, my, my little Scripture Chinese throwing stars. The enemy comes at me, I'm like... <laughs> Right? And, and if I don't have a note card, you can just take it from the Bible app, highlight it, and then put it in a note on your phone. And so you're going throughout your day, and all of a sudden you're dealing with fear. 
And you pull out Joshua 1, 3. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be fearful. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. And you're using these scriptures to throw against the enemy. And meanwhile, you're memorizing it to renew your mind. If you're struggling in your mind, let me just encourage you. Give yourself to memorizing scriptures that combat the lies the enemy's bringing. Now let's just move to a second way of warfare. We talked about strongholds, but here's a a second manner of warfare the enemy brings against us, and that's demonic affliction. Demonic affliction. We don't talk about this enough in the church in our modern day, but Jesus walked around spending so much time, and I encourage you to, to, to look at how many times Jesus is driving demons out of people that are suffering and afflicted. Here's a powerful story of one of the times. It says, when he got out of the boat, and that's Jesus, when, he, when Jesus got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs. So this is a, a, a man who's being afflicted by demons, so much so that he's living among the tombs. He's living in a graveyard. No one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains have been torn apart by him. The shackles broken in pieces. Can I just tell you that demonic power is real? Like it's not just a fairy tale. It's not just, oh, you have a weird way of thinking. No, it's real. It was giving this guy power to break chains. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains. This guy is troubled. It's afflicting him. You probably walked past people before. You've, you've experienced something where it's like, Man, I, I just can't control it. Ah. Says this, and he's gashing himself with stones. So he's inflicting harm on himself. I meet people all the time that have done this. They've inflicted pain on themselves. They've, they've hated themselves, or they've felt like they're supposed to do this. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying, this is Jesus had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he, Jesus, was asking him, What's your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country, Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, send us into the swine so that we might enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. Okay, now oftentimes when we study this scripture, we get focused on the pigs. Um, That's not the point, okay? So this is not a story about what happened to a bunch of pigs, right? This is a story about a man who's afflicted demonically and he's suffering. And also the only thing you get about the pigs is like demons are real and they hate you. And they want to steal and they want to kill. And they'll even kill your pig, right? So they're bad. But the powerful thing is Jesus has power. Over every demon, there is no demon that Jesus doesn't have power over. And when he commands them to go, they have to go. And at the end, you go from a man who's living in a place he should never live. He's living among the tombs, right? And he's, he's screaming and he's hurting himself. 
to a man who's sitting, listening to Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Can I tell you that there's no person that Jesus can't restore? He has power over all demonic activity. So let's just learn three lessons from Jesus when we talk about demonic affliction. What does Jesus do? First of all, you see that Jesus steps right into the situation. He goes towards the man. Let me just tell you, so oftentimes people feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed if they're dealing with demonic affliction. They don't want to talk about it. I, I, I've met so many people that they, they don't want to, they're, they're embarrassed. And they're like, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with voices that are speaking to me. And I want to say, you don't need to be embarrassed. That's in the Bible. And Jesus wants to set you free. So let me just tell you, if you feel demonically afflicted, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shameful, because that's not you. That's the enemy. Bring it out into the light. Expose it so Jesus can go after it. The second thing he does is he, he identifies what spirit it was. Right? So he figures out the spirit, and then what does he do? He commands it to leave. He commands those spirits to leave, and the person is completely set free. I had this experience this week with someone I was ministering in a different city, in a different church, and uh, some, some people said, hey, will you pray for this woman? She's dealing with suicidal thoughts, really intense suicidal thoughts. Now, this wasn't a woman who looked like she was, you know, out in the tombs. She, she was a, 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 a woman who was seeking the Lord, and she was actually engaged in doing ministry. And I said, of course I'll pray for you. So we sat down, her and I, with, a, with another leader woman, and and the first thing we did is, is I just said, let's just pray. And immediately I had a, a vision of just this disfigured demon face. And I said, I just, I just need to make sure you know that when you're dealing with suicidal thoughts and having these images, that that's not you. Do you know that that doesn't come from you? That comes from the enemy. Can I just tell you, if you ever deal with suicidal thoughts, know that that's not you. Don't think something's wrong with me. No, the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies. He's the author of death. He's the one putting those thoughts in your mind. That's straight from Satan. And so I told her that, and I said, now, what we need to do is we need to ask the Lord how this demonic being started getting ground to afflict you. We need to ask where the open door was. So we wait on God for a minute, just wait quietly, and I immediately have this thought. I say, I don't know you, I don't know your story, but did your mother speak harsh things over you? Like, was she basically speaking curses over you? And she said, yeah. She goes, yeah, my mom would always say this one phrase to me, and she said a phrase in a different language. And what that phrase meant was, you're nothing but a piece of, right, bad word. And she said, anytime she got mad, she'd speak that over me. Like, that was her saying over me. And I said, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to first, we're going to renounce that lie. Renounce means I want no part of it. Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm saying that that's no part of my life. So I said, let's pray that. So she goes, I renounce this lie. And she said the lie. And I said, now we're going to repent of it. Because the problem is, is you believed that lie. And you took that in and you partnered with it. And so we're going to repent of believing it and partnering with it. So she goes, I repent of believing this lie and of, of of, of hosting it in my heart. And so we said, now that you've done that, we're closing the windows from the enemy to enter. We're going to command the spirit to leave. So I said, I want you to command the spirit of affliction that's been afflicting you to leave. And so she prayed and commanded that spirit. And then I prayed. And as, as we prayed, you could just see her face just kind of grimacing. And, and all of a sudden, she starts coughing. 
And then she breathes out this sigh. And I looked at her and said, how do you feel? And she said, it was like it was pulled out of me. So we pray in the place of that for the Holy Spirit to just fill her. And she walked away just saying, thank you so much. And you could just see her at peace. Can I just tell you, the, the Lord wants to set people free. He wants to bring deliverance. And so that's our next weapon is deliverance prayer. It's all over scripture. I want to tell you today if you're suffering, don't leave the service. We're going to have tons of people up here praying after the service. We've just had huge responses each day. If you've been afflicted by something, come and let one of our prayer team pray for you. That's why we have Freedom Day. We had amazing Freedom Day yesterday. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been to a Freedom Day, I want to tell you, plan on coming to the next one. That's why we have a Freedom Team. That's why we have ministry at the end of services is Jesus loves to set captives free. Let me give you one more tool. One more tool. Comes from John 14. Jesus says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I find that there's just times where we're troubled. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also might be where I am. You know the way to where I'm going. Okay, anyone ever had a bad week before? Like you're just like, that was a bad week. Okay, this was kind of one of those for me. There was just like, we had all kinds of car trouble and, and some, some rough, some just challenging circumstances. And you know what tool I use this week? is this tool that Jesus talks about. When you're troubled, think about the hope of heaven. Think about the hope of heaven. This verse brought me so much encouragement this week. This is about the new heavens and the new earth. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. Hey, that's us. I think he's going to let other churches have some too. No, he's talking about, he's talking about a feast at the end of time, there's going to be a feast for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. I really appreciate that because I, I, I had uh, my, my, my wife and my doctor put me on a diet this week. I am excited in heaven that I'm going to have all the meat I want because this is a vegetable diet, guys. In heaven, you have all the meat you want, no cholesterol. Right? You're going to eat cake and ice cream and look down, and you're going to have a six-pack. Right? This is awesome. This is where we're headed. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. I don't know if you've ever woken up and you're just like, it's like a wet blanket is just on you. I just can't get. The Bible says that the Lord is coming to destroy the wet blanket. That's Robert translation, but he is going to take that wet blanket, Debbie Downer, right, little cloud above pig pen and Charlie Brown, he's going to take it and dispel it. And look at this. He shall swallow up death forever. You know, I, I, I like aging. I like getting older. There's so many benefits. But one thing I don't like is how many people I know that die. Now, I was just thinking about it last night. I'm sitting on my couch and my grandmother was like a second mom to me. And I just, 
I don't know what. I think something on TV reminded me of her, and I just got down just thinking, I'm not going to see her again in this life. Can I just tell you that we're heading to a place where there is no more death? We don't have to fear our loved ones dying. We don't have to mourn them dying again. And if they're in Christ, we're going to see them again. He's swallowing up death. And it says this, the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. This is really good for an emotional male. He's, you, you're not going to be in, in a place of mourning. There, the Bible says there's no more tears. There's no more pain. And then it goes on to say this. He'll remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. We all have low moments. We all have shame. We all have pain, right? Even Steph Curry last night tried to dunk a ball and bricked, right? And I want to tell you, God removes. My son goes, you know, Hudson goes, uh, everyone gets humiliated in life, don't they, Dad? I was like, yes, every, everyone has a humiliating moment. There's no more shame. There's no more bricking on your dunk in heaven. Right? You will all be able to dunk in heaven. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. You are headed towards a place, beloved, where there's only rejoicing, where there's only gladness, where there are no more tears, where there is no more sickness, where you have, where you have a room prepared for you. Some of you, it's been hard to find a place to rent in San Diego because of this crowded housing market. Some of you tried to buy a home here and you keep getting etched out. Can I tell you that the Father is preparing a room for you for free in his house? And it's, it's, it's a great room, by the way, where there's joy and there's gladness. All right, one last thing to mention before we wrap up the sermon. Um, a last thing I want to tell you. I want to encourage you to run after these tools, to use the Word of God with all your heart, to get deliverance prayer, to command the demons to go. I want to encourage you to focus on the hope of heaven. But sometimes... We just need help. Uh, I told you that it was a rough week. Well, one of the rough reasons for the rough week is uh, one of our cars just had a, a bad problem. And, and, and Steph's driving her car on that rainy day last week, and she has all the, the, the kids with her. And all of a sudden, in the rain, the window just drops, just poof, into the, into the you know, door. Yeah, window, window well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And, you know, she's like, awesome, you know, and my four kids have a friend with them. They're like, awesome, mom, cool car. And, uh, and, you know, I can do some things with cars. I can change tires and change some fluids. But when it comes to an electrical problem in a door, it's just way over my head. So you know what I did? I called for professional help. And I sent my car to a, a, a mechanic shop. Um, if, if you broke your arm... And, and you came up to me. You know, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to lay hands on it and pray for it. But if it doesn't snap back into shape, which I've seen that happen like once, but if it doesn't snap back into shape, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, hey, you need to go see, you need to go to the ER. You need to go get that reset, and you need to put a cast on it so you can get well. Um, what, do I, what do I mean by this? Uh, our body, uh, we have a mind. 
It's, it's, it's a physical matter. And sometimes we have a physiological problem with our mind. And sometimes it's time to go get professional help. And so let me just tell you, yeah, we're a church of high faith, and we pray for healing, and we use the weapons of warfare, but we're also a church that says there is no shame in going to get counseling. There is no shame to going and getting help. There's no shame in getting some medical help or or having to take some medicine. I just want to say we're a holistic being. We're a body, soul, and spirit, and we need to go after things in a holistic way. And so sometimes we just need help getting out of the ditch. And I want to encourage you, if that's you, go and pursue that help to, to get you on a healthy track. Amen. Back to living in the freedom that God's called you to. Let's stand up.